Hello, and welcome to the Next Explorers podcast. My name is Jordan. I'm so glad you're here. This is episode six, and it's actually the last episode of season one. And as I've been saying, it's been a dream of mine to share space with visionary men and women from around the world and see what keeps them curious and what keeps them hungry and ask them their thoughts on the world around us, especially in the area of interest and where they've dedicated their life. And today I'll be with Pastor Brad Abley. Pastor Brad Abley has been a mentor in my life uh, on many different levels, but one of the things that has impacted me the most is how he has led me and um, encouraged me to be in in the Bible. And today we're going to be talking about God's Word. We're going to be talking about its reliability. We're going to be talking over different Bible translations and how you choose one and how that even came about in the first place. Uh, And I hope that as a result of this, you will feel inspired and encouraged to go to God's Word as we explore what's coming next for us as a people. We explore biblical literacy and the effect of opening up God's word and letting it get into our hearts. So glad you're here. Welcome to Next Explorers. All right, well, welcome to episode six, actually the last episode of season one of the Next Explorers podcast. And I can't think of someone who I would rather end the first season of this project with than, oh man, my friend, but mentor, pastor, and brother in Christ for sure, um, Pastor Brad Abley. Pastor, so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here as well. And and as you know, it's just great to see your face and be able to talk to you live in person, if not directly, mm-hmm. but at least by Zoom. So that, yeah. that makes me happy. It is good. I remember some of those times, long yeah. time ago, we were meeting face-to-face. It seems like an eternity ago, but you know what? This will do. I'm fine yeah, with this. That's right. Now, I've known you, uh, just for the listeners, I met Pastor Brad Abley when I was in college, and so forever ago at Bethany University up in the Santa Cruz Mountains, Scotts Valley, and you know, as I was thinking about this day, Pastor, I was wondering who I met, who I met first, because you both mentioned, mentioned each other, but it was Dr. Charlie Self and you. I was taking classes from both of you titans of the faith at the same time. I don't know how I made it out of there, uh, but I remember going to your class and both of you, and you, and I, I think Dr. Charlie Self mentioned you because I know you guys had a relationship, but he was like, we could say any passage of scripture in class, just one, a class, mm-hmm. and then he would recite it and to the best that he could. And I mean, not for the most part, he got all of them. And I think he mentioned you in that. And then I believe I took I think church, uh, what did we take together? I can't remember because Vanessa and I had different classes. My wife, my girlfriend at the time when we met you. Um, But wow, we just had a great, great experience in your classroom. Just for the listeners, you know, when you go to Bible college, uh, no class is the same. Now, I I imagine that's the truth with um, maybe any college, university. You know, I went to secular JC for a while there and I hated it. But by the time I got to Bethany, I wanted to learn the Bible so bad, you know, and I sat in these classes with men and women who just knew the scripture so well. And I remember in your class, though, which seems funny to say, but you opened up with a really rich time of prayer and sometimes worship. And then we would like dive into church leadership, I think, or church history. That's what it was, my favorite class. And uh, oh, man, that made all the difference. And I just, and that I think that's what's I think that's what's brought you and me together over all these years is 
there really is no separation of this scholastic idea of going after God's word and then God as a father. I mean, they, those things meet and that changed my life, really did. So I appreciate that. So why don't you, but that's how I know you, but why don't you introduce yourself to everyone else? You've, you've done a lot. You've been, you've been a lot and we're going to get into that, but introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing back awesome memories. And um, mm-hmm. just to kind of piggyback on that, you came to me and you said to me uh, how much you wanted a stronger, deeper devotional life. Do you remember that? Yes. And what did I say to you? I, I brought you to Psalm 1. Yes. And Someone my man. desire was that you would be a Psalm one man. Yes, sir. And I taught you how to read scripture, but then personalize it and devotionalize mm-hmm. it. And, and, um, I remember meeting in a little, little room uh, mm-hmm. adjacent to the big, huge gargantuan classroom that we met in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you actually got to my heart right away with that simple question and request and then um, I think Vanessa came in sometimes as well. Yeah. And though I, I've never been one to play favorites. I will admit publicly that you, uh, <laughs> you were right there in the top three yeah. or the top five. And um, you know, if that if that time was was a great joy for you, it was a great joy for me as oh, it well. Was. It was. So, yeah. But. Um, well, as for me, I, I um, am now living in Chesapeake, Virginia, but I am from Mountain View, California, and lived most of my life in Mountain View and Cupertino and San Jose. And Giants fan. Giants fan, that's the other thing. We're both baseball fans, but not just baseball fans. No. We are Giants Absolutely. fans. Absolutely. So that's that. there's a difference between <laughs> being a baseball fan and a Giants fan. Absolutely. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. And uh, so that's one of the things I miss from living in the Bay Area is not being able to go to, I don't know, is it still AT&T Park? I don't remember if they changed it. It's not AT&T, but I forget what it is. Yeah. But um, so I went to Old Mountain View High School, then uh, Foothill Junior College, and then graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in um, Economics at San Jose State University. Mm. But far more importantly than that, I met... Uh, a wonderful young woman named Maureen Donegan, and we ended up getting married in 1983. And uh, that is the best thing that has ever happened to me. And yeah. so we've been married ever since then. I think that's roughly 37 years, something like that. Well, I can tell you exactly what that's it is right. because I was born in 86. And I'm... Oh my gosh, <laughs> you were three years old. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry to do that. And I'm 34. It's so. all relative. That's okay. Uh, so it was it was about 1987 when I I felt like well I knew by then that I had a call to full time ministry and mm. the ministry that that we were in at the time I just I felt like I was hitting a ceiling and I needed more I needed training mm-hmm. and um, so I applied for Regent University, the School of Divinity. It's the only school I applied applied to. I just knew that that was the place for me. And and uh, God's grace was on me mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, I ended up getting a Master of Divinity. And I think the the important thing about that, and I, I fought it, was I started off pursuing a Master of Arts in theology. And my best friend, and ministry partner, Danny Gilbert, persuaded me to do one more year, which 
required me to get a master, uh, required me for the master of divinity to get a, to do a year of Greek and a year of Hebrew. And I frankly was intimidated by that. Yeah. And, um, but thank God, somehow he was able to knock some sense into me. And, <laughs> and um, I was like a scared cottontail studying Greek and Hebrew. Yeah. And little did I know I had a great aptitude for it. And it's changed my uh, teaching and preaching ministry, but certainly it's changed the way I study scripture. And, and for that reason, I like to bring out key Greek and Hebrew words for God's people to help them to understand the word of God better. But uh, I digress a little bit. Since then, I pastored several churches, um, had the great joy of pastoring South Hills Community Church, my last senior pastorate in San Jose. And uh, since 2014, I've been a non-residential missionary uh, to Kenya and Uganda. And basically what that means is I go there several times a year. And, and in effect, I take seminary to those that can't afford to go. So these are village pastors who are poor. They have no means of biblical training. Yeah. And um, so, so that's what I do. But I, so I'm a teacher and a pastor, but I also have a strong evangelistic bent. And so I've been doing um, some crusade type preaching in Uganda. And then that's led into uh, really raising up an orphanage and raising a lot of money for the orphans. Um, and I have a radio broadcast. Uh, it's called Voice of Hope Africa, and it reaches 75% of the entire continent. And I was just thinking about that a little bit earlier. One of the things that makes, that brings me great joy is that it's shortwave. And what that means, the benefit is that those broadcasts can reach into Muslim nations mm. and the governments can't shut the broadcast down, whereas they could if they were on FM and AM. And so I teach verse by verse to build the church, but most of my messages are evangelistic uh, or I weave evangelism in mm. and I am expecting God to bring a great harvest. And so that's, great. Uh, that's primarily what I do. That's a lot. Yeah. And it's been a joy to follow that. You know, I think one of the things that's always stood out to me about you, which is what I want to get into in this episode, is just your love for the Word of God. Now, I think if we could just be real, uh, you can love Jesus and have a hard time reading the Bible. Uh, you can you can have a genuine uh, salvation experience. You could have a saving uh, uh, the saving faith that Scripture talks about, but still. You know, you open up the Word of God, and it's like, whoa, you know, like, I don't know, like, how does this apply to me, you know, or there could be a, a many different things, and, and I just want to, if you're listening, I think it's important, because I've been there more than one time, where it's difficult to read Scripture, but something I think that's helpful, um, and that's a gift from the Lord is Christian community, His Spirit, to, to help with all of those things, and and. I don't think anyone else in my life has pushed me towards God's word like you have. And so I wanted to focus today just to be to talk about scripture and how to stay in it and and maybe some of the maybe the hot topic questions of what's the right translation? How do you know is the Bible can the Bible really be trusted? Is the Bible something that you can really share with a non-Christian because what does it matter to them? Are they as Paul would say are they darkened in their minds of futile thinking. So, I mean, like, what's the point of sharing this book if it's, you know, so these are some of the questions. But I think to start off with, for you, is 
is Brad Abley into the Bible because he likes to read and his natural self is more of a scholastic, you know, and geared toward this type of even um, the Bible as literature? Or did, did God do something in you? And when did it start? And what can you share about that? Wow. I would say it's that God did something in me. And, you know, I was a, I was a believer many years before I was a minister mm-hmm. of the gospel. And, um, you know, it really started in a very innocent way. When I got saved, it was watching Billy Graham on television. And uh, he said, I'm so glad he said authoritatively, uh, call the number on your screen now that you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, so we can give you literature. And I did. And he, the Billy Graham organization sent me these um, scripture memory verses, which were maybe an inch by two. And they were tear out front and back. And Billy Graham said to memorize scripture. So if Billy Graham said it, (laughs) then I was going to memorize scripture. It was just that simple. I was 20, uh, 21, 22 at the time. And so that, that immediately gave me a love for scripture modeled by his love for scripture. Mm -hmm. But I really believed in a, in a childlike way, as I still do, that it is God coming to me to speak to me and give me his life. That's why I read the Bible. That's the primary reason I, I need that living water that he can give me. I, Mm -hmm. I want to know what he has to say to me. I want to know what he has to say about the world. I want to know um, how how can I best minister to you if I don't have the word of God in me? What can I do for you if I'm not being changed and transformed by the word? And so, um, yes, I, I've delved deeply into the deeper things of scripture with, with you know, good commentary tools and that sort of thing. But that's not that's still not my motivation for reading the word of God. It's it's God himself saying to me, I want to talk to you. I want to minister to you. I want to change you. I love you too much to that you would stay the way you are. And and I think if my Bible is closed and God wants to show me something. Then I'm missing out and I, I can't stand that thought. There are a few other things I can share that can help people to get more out of the word, but I'll, I'll wait on that. Yeah. So how about just for you as, as a child of God and, and not meaning let's not pastor Brad necessarily. How does, how do you go about it? What study habits do you have? What reading habits do you have? And you, you know, you wake up today and what's the Bible reading look like and how does that flush itself out for you? You know, most of the time, Jordan, it starts for me when I go to sleep and what I say almost every night is, Father, help me to hunger and thirst for you and seek you and search for you with all my heart when I wake up tomorrow morning. So I'm trusting the Holy Spirit while I'm sleeping is is honoring that prayer, which is a prayer. Is that a prayer he wants to answer? You know, we know that he does. And then when when I open up the word of God in the morning, I'll just kind of show you the Bible. I refuse to open it until I pray this simple prayer. Father, please speak to me, change me, transform me as I study your word. 
help me to hear it with faith and obedience and discernment. And um, that that's it. So what I'm doing with that, it's not a legalistic thing, but it's a it's a childlike faith thing yeah. of me saying, I, I can't understand this in and of myself. You, Holy Spirit, my teacher, have to teach me. Mm. So that's the starting point. I think that that might open a lot of eyes. You just can't go into scripture. You can't open it like a like a normal book. You have to open it with with humility and dependence upon the Lord, knowing that he wants to speak to us and change us and transform us. And so why, so, if, I, if I could jump yeah, in there, because I think that's, that's fine. interesting. Why, why, why would you say that we can't just open up the Bible and, you know, and get my proverb and get out, you know, like what, what, what's missing there and what are, what are, what are we missing out on with that type of entrance? Into yeah. You know, I think from experience with, the way I did that is I would open up scripture and just look at the same verse for a half an hour and not get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then I would come to the conclusion, Oh, you know, there's, I, like you said earlier, I'm not getting anything out of it. And I had to take a step back and say, no, this thing is living in a, it's, it's sharper than the two, you know, it's alive. And so if I'm not getting something out of it, it's not because of the word It's because of me. So I have to take a step back and make sure my heart is right to receive what the Holy Spirit himself wants to teach me as I go through the word. So yeah. that I, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, on- totally. Uh, so you wake up or you go before you go to sleep. I think that's really wonderful. You begin to pre- you ask God to prepare your heart and mind as you wake up, mm-hmm. um, which maybe even plays back into Psalm one of being able to do that day and night. That's beautiful. But then. You get up, you pray before you read scripture, take, start me there again and, and keep going. Yeah. I, and I think the other thing, I just did this this morning um, and had nothing to do with this broadcast, but I was reading Ephesians 1, verses 1 through 14. And that that passage has got to be one of the deepest, most profound passages in the entire Bible. No doubt. And, and what I've done over the years, and it it I don't, I'm going to say it seems somewhat unique, but I wish it wasn't. And that is, I pray over what I read. So, you know, if it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, I turn that around after I read it and I say, Father, I thank you that you have blessed me with every spiritual blessing, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So I personalize it. And that goes for, it doesn't matter where I'm reading the scripture. It could be Proverbs, Genesis, Psalms, Isaiah. You can always stop and personalize it by praying it, help me to do this, or I thank you that you've done this for me. Um, So what I'm doing is I'm, and this kind of goes back to your previous question. I am, I'm, I'm not just reading the Bible. I'm interacting with the one who wrote the Bible, who inspired the Bible. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm in a sense, in a spiritual sense, seeing him as it were, as, as if he were right here with me, yeah. as I'm reading and the Holy spirit is showing me, speaking to me, opening my eyes, opening my ears, yeah. my heart. I, I love that. I remember a conversation yes. we were having because we both love worship music. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we were, 
gushing over that Father's Heart song by Hillsong a long time ago. You know, uh, I forget if that's the actual name, but um, and and you were saying about and I remember talking about scripture reading about how by doing that by praying the scriptures we start to interact with him and i think maybe for for many and, and i know for me in seasons the bible reading can feel like even though i'm reading quote unquote the word of god and and I, and i may know all the phrases it's living and active sharper than a two-edged sword you know it still feels like i'm alone but by engaging with the holy spirit prior to opening and then even praying the scriptures cuz i think that's what you you told me years ago like no pray them you know, and so don't just say, you know, Ephesians 1 is amazing because we learn where what adopted, redeemed, you know, restored, all these things just, but to really say, oh, wow, God, I thank you that I, you're talking about me, you know, so taking that into your system, I think really changes really what you receive, you know, from, from scripture. It goes from being a concept or an idea to a reality for who you are. And that's that can be difficult because um, we live in a world now where even now, like I, I read scripture, but I also have it on my phone with like five or six guys and it's, and the passage, it's a little Devo and it's like a little bit of scripture and we get a, a check mark and it's like, did it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and there's a place for that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that a little a devotion that, and we get to write notes and share with each other. But I think, and this is, and I know we didn't talk about this question, but as you were speaking, you know, how important would you say, in your opinion, is it to have some times where it's undisturbed, more than five minute Devo, get your green check mark, you know, time with the Lord? Now, I know the answer. I already know the answer to this question. Why would you say, oh, no, that's not that big a deal. You only need five minutes. But, so maybe answer it from your own experience and, and what you've received from not just opening up your Bible, but setting aside time with God where he gets to determine what happens in between. I hope that makes sense. You know, it's more than just Bible reading, but it's time with him. Can you speak to what, why that's important, what you've, what you've experienced from that? Yeah, let me, let me give two examples. Um, Number one, going back a little bit to what we said earlier, suppose in this conversation, you spoke to me entirely, and I just sat here and didn't say anything. What kind of conversation would that be? It would not be a good conversation, but, but you speak to me and I respond to you. And then the conversation is life-giving. And that's, I mean, God is living and so when he speaks to me, I want to speak back to him. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this promise. Thank you for, for convicting me. Thank you for showing me. So now it's a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, then to your last point, five minutes versus however much longer. Suppose, again, using the same analogy, suppose you and I just, suppose we've been talking for however long. Mm-hmm. And it's already been a a rich conversation we haven't talked about how's the weather doing how's your dog doing Mm -hmm. we're talking about things that matter but suppose that conversation lasted only five minutes right so we had a conversation for five minutes great it was great to see you 
But look how much we would have missed out on because we didn't carve out time. Yeah. But because we carved out time, then we're, we're richer already for it. And so we really have to, you make time for the things that are important to you. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want to balance this out. Someone works eight to five, whatever. I know it's, it can be a little bit more of a challenge, but yeah, totally. you make time for what is important to you. And I, I saw this bumper sticker. Normally I wouldn't refer to a bumper sticker <laughs> in a conversation like this. I've only seen it once in my entire lifetime. And it, 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 it's the only bumper sticker that stayed with me, that message. It said, you have time for God if you put him first. And that might sound blunt. Wow, that's a great. That's a great bumper sticker. That's to the point yeah, right there. Yeah, you have time for God. That that's something I should tweet, shouldn't yeah, I? Absolutely. I'll have to tweet that after this broadcast. But um, I mean, it's Jesus came to give us life. That Greek word, Zoe, is is the quality of life that is resident in God alone, hmm. and no man can have that unless. He gives it to us freely through Jesus Christ. And how, you know, how bad do you want it? How much do you want? Are you satisfied with a little of the Lord or are you satisfied with a lot? And that's why I think it's so important to, um, to ask him to help me to hunger and thirst for him. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's, I wanted you to share on that because I made a difference, I think, a long time ago for me. It also mm -hmm. helped me to maybe release you know, the guilt that I felt about, oh, I'm not doing enough. And it actually wasn't about necessarily how long. Mm -hmm. What it really was about was the quality of time when, it, when I was taking time. And the funny part is, the more that I cared about the quality, the more time I wanted and the more time I spent. And so, it, like any good relationship, right? Like, I don't map out, I, I got to give Vanessa at least 10 minutes tonight to talk to her, you know? No, mm -hmm. I mean, like we work on the quality, we work on our relationship, and then we want to spend all kinds of time with each other. Or at least that's the goal for you and I with our wives. And I think it's worked so far. Yeah, that's but right. uh, well, how about this, you know, because I know you're a studier of God's word. I want to get to, to some of your books and commentaries in a minute or, you know, before we're done here. But do you approach scripture differently when you, do you ever sit down and go, I'm going to study or do you ever, and then another type of hat and you go, I'm going to read this for myself. You know, I, as a young man, and I think you know this about me, like anytime somebody gives me like, you can't do this, I go, maybe. Or you're like, yeah. you have to do this. I'm like, mm, not so sure. And one of those things was you, you're not, uh, I, I think we've talked about this, like when you're, you can't receive when you're preparing for a sermon or you, you know, that's not a time. I think that the critique is like, don't let that be the only time you go to God's word for yourself as a pastor, for sure. But man, uh, I've so received, you know, as I've been studying, you know, and I've told you I've been, and I've asked you about this over the last month or so, but teaching the book of Ephesians. And just even as I'm up there, Ephesians mm -hmm. 1, I mean, oh, I mean, I was in Ephesians 4 uh, on Tuesday night. What a passage of scripture. Wow. You know, mm -hmm. and like, and what's interesting, Pastor, now, because this is just such a weird day, is I'm in a room 
almost by myself teaching, you know, to a bunch of chairs. They're very captive. It's a very captive audience, you know, of chairs. But I really am actually, it's almost like I'm talking to myself and going, Jordan, isn't this crazy? Isn't this amazing? You know, I'm like, I'm exciting myself. So when you go to scripture, do you find that you go in different ways sometimes? Like when you sit down to prepare a message versus when you're getting up in the morning, how different are they? And do they, what kind of, are you unlocking a different treasure? You know, like if you're mining in both places, one's a ruby, one's a diamond, obviously they're both, but tell me about that process for you. Yeah, a couple things. I, I think for me, it's always been kind of an ironclad conviction and practice uh, to be in different parts of the Word of God simultaneously. So, for example, uh, the Psalms is called the Book of Encouragement. So, as a young believer, I have I I began to read the Psalms all year long. Mm-hmm. So I've never strayed from that. So Psalms is a staple for me, and it it has changed me and transformed me like perhaps no other book of the Bible because it is so personal and it speaks to every, there's not an area of life that it doesn't speak to. I want to, so, me, I, I want to say this before I forget, because you said yeah. this. And so if you're listening and you feel like uh, dry, whether it be scripture in your spiritual life, Pastor Brad Abley told me a, a while ago, Psalm chapter 119 is the revival passage. And I so believe that. And I go back to it all the time, even if it's just hesitancy in a day, not like this dry season. So commercial Psalm 119, go read it with the, with the, with the word revival in the front of your mind and in the front of your heart. It'll, it'll bless you. And Pastor Abbey told me that years ago. Okay, go on. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I think if I recall correctly, the word revival is used 25 times in Psalm 119. Now, I've never read Psalm 119 in one sitting, but I'll read through the different, the various passages until I get a breakthrough. Yeah. And so in those times of, of when you're being tested, you're in the wilderness, uh, you're being pruned, or you just dry for whatever reason, that's a go-to passage or go-to chapter to get out of that, to get reignited. So yeah. Psalms for me is all year long. Proverbs has always been all year long because I realized from the beginning that I lacked wisdom and I needed character. Yeah. And I still lack wisdom yeah. and I still need character. Yeah. So um, there's never been a time in my life where I've said, okay, I've mastered the book of Proverbs, don't have to read that anymore. (laughs) So, um, and then I I just so love the Old Testament. So I'm in a particular book. Right now I'm in 2 Kings. And then I'm always in a particular book of the New Testament. So right now I'm in actually a couple places, Luke and 2 Corinthians. Now I will say I have... I don't know if this, I'll just say, thank you, Lord, by the grace of God. I've never studied the word to get a sermon. It just, the sermons are natural byproducts of me studying the word. And they can come out of things that I've studied over the years that I may not be studying at the moment, Yeah. but I've never gone to the word to, oh, okay, Lord, I got to preach Sunday. What should I do? It just... Right. Right. naturally out of 
what I'm studying. Matter of fact, I'm preaching on Sunday and I didn't know what I was going to preach out of. I was reading Ephesians 1 this morning. Boom, there it was. I knew instinctively focus on that on that passage yeah. and then highlight a few things. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, I think that's, that's helpful too, because I think sometimes even, you know, what do we, and I think let's go here because I think maybe for some, maybe, uh, maybe one of the issues with Bible reading is it's grown. Maybe uh, the perception is too shallow or, you know, like not getting enough and it's time to go to the next step or, is it the next step up or the next step deeper? Maybe the, maybe the latter, you know, go deeper into scripture and you help me do this. So what are some, you know, we can, maybe you could publish this book one day, like pastor Brad Abley's practical tips of going deeper in scripture. But I know, you know, you, you told me some, you, you gave me some guides as far as dictionaries, a commentary, study Bibles, explain and and share why those can be really a blessing uh, to us who, yeah, you know, we let's say we've been reading scripture for years, you know, but it's in this maybe this translation and maybe there's a translation that can take us deeper and we'll get to that in a sec, but how about just the tools that go deeper? The tools, my number one tool is a commentary. Um and I've got two of them here. So this these are the best the best tools I've I've got. I don't know if it that yeah, seems see, like yeah, it's Yeah. Uh So this is Tyndale New Testament commentary series. And this one particular one is on Luke. Um, And I'm going to be preaching um, through the gospel of Luke on voice of hope Africa. So I'm doing extra studying. Now, why do I use a commentary? It's because I think when I read something, what am I missing? Yeah. What am I missing? I know there's more to this. What, Mm -hmm. what is, you know, the best way to understand scripture is, is, three ways to know its historical context to know know the cultural context and to know the literary context that is the verse that comes before what you're reading and after because the old testament was written 3000 years ago in a different culture with different words different mores etc mm-hmm. same thing with the new testament written 2000 years ago so it's dangerous to try to interpret scripture in our own historical context, in our own cultural context, inevitably we're going to get it wrong. So I need I need men like Leon Morris, one of my favorite uh, commentators, to show me because he's gone into areas that I haven't gone into. Yeah. What were the gods and goddesses like during the Old Testament or New Testament period? That has a direct bearing on how I understand the God of Scripture who is so diametrically different than those gods and goddesses. Most Christians don't think about that. It's not on their radar, but do you want to get more out of scripture? Then those are extremely helpful. Another tool is the expositors uh, Bible commentary. Now you can get that for new Testament. This is only one volume, but it's got Ephesians through Philemon. Uh And um, so you say, well, I'm, I'm reading second Kings and I'm reading this about Elisha, and I just don't understand that. What am I missing? Well, you have, this is the New Testament, but the same series mm-hmm. um, is, is in the Old Testament as well. So I open it up, and I go to 2 Kings 7, verse 12, and I go, oh my gosh. Now that helps me to much better understand 
that verse and who Elisha is and so on and so forth. Yeah. I think uh, one of the, I, I believe I bought my ESB study Bible uh, mm-hmm. after we talked, which has been a great tool. And so I, I think an easy step too is just a study Bible, you know, where let's say you're just reading verses. Well, now directly underneath is someone explaining just a little bit deeper about that verse. It really does make a difference. You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't think that cultural context, historical context always would help you personally, but it does. Um, because it's it only clears or makes the picture clearer, and anytime you do that, it, it, it's really wonderful. And uh, I know I have the, I don't know where I got it, Pastor, but after we talked, I have that Strong's Concordance, and mm-hmm. the the cover of it is like, I don't know, like survived World War II or something. It's so old, but I I love it, and uh, which kind of. You set me up for some deeper understanding of specific words. And, you know, there are ways uh, to go deeper in Scripture, which I, I think is wonderful. I, I think sometimes, I guess what I'm getting at, Pastor, is sometimes when we go, wow, I'm not getting anything out of Scripture, we both, um, like you said earlier, it's not God's problem. That, that, that might be something with us. But instead of going, I wonder if there's more, we go, maybe I missed it, when really... Mm-hmm a better direction with your angst of that is to go deeper into understanding what the Bible says, because I really think that made a difference for me big time, you know, mm-hmm. where some, even that certain scriptures can become cliche because we've heard them so many times, you know, like, but, but do we really know them um, really well? I talk about that in that, in, in one of the chapters of my book of just the even we actually remember a slogan referring to a scripture, but not the actual scripture, you know, and you and I have had conversations about things like that. So I think that's really wonderful, which I, I think leads into a, a, an, an important topic. You can call it controversial. I, everything's controversial these days, so who cares? If, <laughs> if everything's controversial, nothing's controversial. But Bible yeah. translations, right? You can, depending on what translation you say you use and like, that that will determine... I don't know uh, the, what camp you're in. Oh, oh, okay, you're in this Reformed group or you're in this Pentecostal group and blah, 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 blah. And anytime anybody says, most of the time, like, nope, you got to do this and that, like I told you, I'm like, I don't know, let's explore that, which is kind of the idea behind this podcast. So I know you and I have had um, translation conversations early on in, in school. So tell me, why do we have translations? What's going on here when we go to the Bible bookstore and there's a, there's a sign that says Bibles and there's a hundred of them, you know, yeah. what are we missing and, and how's that coming to be and how do we choose? You know, it, it, it goes back, it goes back uh, many centuries to Jerome, one of the early church fathers who um, translated what is called the Vulgate uh, translation of the Bible. And, but what he did, the problem that he, the problem was that he translated, um, he translated it into Latin, yeah. and that was not the common language of the people. Was the language of the educated. Mm-hmm. Now, what Jerome did is he mistranslated. Um, uh, I think it's Matthew three eight, uh, repent and believe the gospel, and the translation that came out that he mistranslated. I'm assuming is do penance, repent and believe the gospel, do penance and believe. Do you see? Big difference. So 
yeah, there's a big difference. And so now you've got throughout the entire Middle Ages, uh, the Roman Catholic Church, that was the official translation of, of the Bible. Now they're teaching do good works in order to believe. Yeah. So translation is, is extremely important. If you get it wrong, then it can lead to theological doctrinal error. Mm-hmm. Now, on, on, I have strong convictions on the best translations, but in a gracious way, I, I usually like to say when I get this question, whatever translation you're reading, that's the best translation for you. <laughs> so I'm not trying to topple someone. Mm-hmm. But I also want to say, if, you, if you're asking me the question, what do you want? Do you want the most literal translation uh, from the original Hebrew and the original Greek? Then you want to go, and all scholars agree, then you want to go to the New American Standard Bible Translation or the ESV, because they are literal word-for-word translations. Now, they don't always read as smoothly. Hence the NIV or the NLT, where it's instead of a word for word translation, it's more of a thought for thought translation. Now, that's that's that holds true for the NLT, which I love. The NIV is is somewhere in between the NLT and the New American Standard. It's close to a word for word translation, but they it's it's kind of a it's it's. Uh, what's the word I'm struggling to to use? It, it's word for word, but it's thought for thought. Let me give you an example. I have never preached a message out of any translation other than the New American Standard. But last Sunday, I preached a message from Romans 8, uh, verses 16 through 25, which is a difficult read in the New American Standard. And because I was already dealing with a very technical passage. It's already I, difficult. It's already difficult to read. Romans 8 in general. Yeah. Yeah. And so I chose to do the NLT, which again, I, I love that trans translation, but it is a thought for thought. Yeah. So they both benefit, but, but I prefer, let me give you an example. When I preach and teach in Africa, um, I have an interpreter. Now the best interpreters get close to a word for word translation. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what I want. Those that are not great interpreters, the best they can do is give a thought for thought translation. And many times I turn and look at them and I start laughing and I say, I say, I bet that's not going to translate very well. Yeah. Uh, because I'm using my own culture and language. Yeah. And and that might not fit in a in the culture in Africa. So you see the point. Hopefully that's an analogy that makes sense. Yeah, so I think where maybe the average reader, you know, those of us who don't consider ourselves to be maybe Brad Abley or or something, you know, writing our own commentaries, although maybe one day we will. Mm-hmm. You know, where where is the where's the no-go? You know, so let, I'll share. I I I have enjoyed reading the message uh over the years. I I've never preached out of the message. Uh, or I don't know if I've ever studied the Bible through the message, but after reading a couple books by Eugene Peterson, I think I read um, Eat This Book, I think is what it's called, and he's talking about how 
um, I believe it's in Revelation where it says you're going to eat this 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 scroll and it's going to be bitter, you know. Ezekiel three. Yeah, and then uh, and then it's going to be, but it's going to nourish you. You like that whole idea, and he's talking about that, and he just had this conviction that he he knew. This is Eugene Peterson. I'm I'm not directly quoting him, but he just had this idea that this wasn't how it was said. And if you would have heard it from Jesus's mouth, it would have made sense to you on the street, you know? And so he took the scripture and, you know, did his version of on the street. And I think that's, that's kind of the rub. I think sometimes when people go to scripture is, wow, I can open up the message and it's like, that makes sense, you know, because I'm, I'm level with it. But then we open up the NASB, the New American Standard, or the ESV, and it's like, whoa, you know. So, like, where's the journey? Is the Can we enter in at certain places, you know, and, and start just like you said, and I think the reason you said it was if, if this translation gets you reading the Bible, then, yeah. Are, do we need to graduate into something, you know, like, is there a progression, like, at the end, if you meet, if you and I bump into each other in five years, and you find out I've only read the message, you know, am, am I, are you going to be disappointed in me? Probably, but, you know, does you get what I'm saying? Should the average reader be hoping to move, and how could they do it? You know, are they opening up the NIV in the morning, and spending time, and then maybe seeing what that scripture says a little later on in the ESV, because of the higher level of translations, and, you know, People aren't going to hell because they read the message or anything like that. So can you speak to the, speak, how about this? Can you speak against, or, or not against, but against or for like dividing the kingdom of, of the, the church of the kingdom of God, dividing over different translations, you know, and is there any places like, ooh, let's not go there. I don't, don't go there. You know, I think we all understand the importance of wanting the best in life. If you're searching for a car or a home or uh, clothes, you you if you have the financial means to get the best, then that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And how much more so with the Word of God? So, I, I think it's important for those that are are watching or listening to understand, for example, that the message or the living Bible is a paraphrase. It's not a translation, it's a paraphrase. Mm -hmm. So again, it's a thought for thought, uh, uh, translating. Um, and yeah. so that that's fine, that has its place. Although mm -hmm. I've heard, um, I, and I can't remember a specific, but I heard, and it wasn't that long ago, a message where someone, quoted something out of the message and it just, it just made me wince because I knew that that was not a good translation of, of whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that I say the message is of the devil? No, but it just, it goes to show that it's good to compare. Yeah. Now I can speak with, with authority on that because for the first time in my life, just recently, I bought an NLT study Bible. Nice. And, and again, this is more of a thought-for-thought thought translation. 25 years ago, I never could have imagined doing this. But I, I, have, I have been online as I'm studying the New American Standard so many times wondering, well, what does the NLT say to that? Yeah. And where that came from is I was leading a men's Bible study many years ago. 
and one of the guys was reading out of the NLT and I kept saying to him, now what translation is that? What translations? I must've done that for weeks. And finally he just looked at me and he said, pastor, it's the new living translation. <laughs> and I, I was so intrigued by it. So I think yeah. in life, I like to be a both and guy, mm-hmm. not that not an either or. So there are benefits from those, but but the new American standard or the ESV again is going to be the most literal. Awesome. Well, and I think, uh, that's, it's great. I think both and, and the comparison thing is important and knowing, yeah, I mean, the, this is all available to us. And, you know, if you're a, a digital reader, which I'm not, you know, I can't really focus the same if I don't have it in, in, in a book form, but I mean, I know that there are tools out there where you could be looking at multiple translations at once even, which is really cool. Yeah. So there and though in the translation conversation, there's a branch that comes off to that that goes and says, how could I believe this book if it's been translated by a bunch of dudes a bunch of different times because they thought it should be translated better? And, you know, well, they say this word in this one and they say this one in that one. Isn't that proof, Pastor, that this book is unreliable? So how reliable are the scriptures can we really, you know, can we really base our life on this book because of all the, I mean, just alone, just all the translations and commentaries, you know, and you open up one commentary. I was, I had two commentaries open this last week about Ephesians. And what was the issue? Oh, maybe what they meant by one, one faith, you know, one Lord, one, ba- oh no, it was the one baptism. It was yeah. one Lord, one faith. You know, and this person said, well, this is, he's referring to the baptism. Clearly, you know, clearly he's referring to the baptism that's given imparted by the Holy Spirit upon conversion to every believer. And this guy's like, clearly he's referring to the baptism of either uh, of water because that's what Paul would have instructed in this time period. So when we have things like that, there are some who will go that that's a window into showing that we can't really rely on this book. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, well, I think there's really a couple things there you're saying when it comes to translators um, for, for every legitimate translation of scripture, um, you have a team of scholars. So it's, it's not, they're not, you know, the new American standard, the ESV NIV was not translated by one man. Yeah. It's this team of scholars who are experts in, um, archaeology, they're experts in language, the Hebrew, the Greek, even the Aramaic. And so they they work together as a team to make sure they come up with the best translation possible. Mm. Now, translations are necessary because, um, you know, if you don't, if you speak Spanish, you need a translation that's in Spanish. If you speak English, but, but you know, with the original King James Version, for example, we don't use a substantial amount of those words today. So translations primarily are simply updating language and, and, and culture, if you will. So that, I don't think anybody would argue with that. Then the translators are always going to be faithful to the Greek new Testament. So that's the standard, or if they're translating the old Testament, the Hebrew old Testament, the idea then is how do you take a word like agape from the Greek New Testament and translate it into today's language? Mm-hmm. Or so how I mean you can translate love, right? That's what it means. 
but the Greek speaker would understand implicitly that that word is a sacrificial love. It's a giving love. It's an unconditional love. If you didn't know that, then you would just see love and it, and you might think the way a normal American thinks a love in an emotional sense, which that includes that, but that's not all there is to it. Right. So a translator has to figure out how do we take a, a word that meant something to the original readers um, that we don't understand. How would you put it into English language? And that's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a skill. It's a scientific work. And um, the translations are all based on the most ancient, reliable manuscripts. So for the skeptic, uh, there are, there are five thousand ancient Greek manuscripts that were discovered all over the, the uh, Middle East and up into Europe, and they all agree with one another. So that that's that's impossible yeah. to do. Only God could could sovereignly superintend on that. And then from comparing those translations, you get the science called um, textual criticism. That doesn't mean that they're criticizing the text. It means that they are painstakingly examining uh, a manuscript that was found in, in Egypt, in Alexandria, Egypt, and one that's found in Rome. They should agree with one another. If they don't, there's a problem. And the amazing thing is they they always agree with one another. It's a profound thing. Yeah. So does that so, help? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So speak to the reliability of it a little more. You know, uh, obviously all those manuscripts and things. And so the issue isn't, you know, a translation just because it's translated a bunch of times doesn't mean that 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 actually points to its unreliability. It's mm-hmm. it's it really points to, <laughs> I mean, amazing supernatural work that the fact that this text written in Greek has gone to so many languages would could you could argue actually shows how reliable it really is if it all comes from that Greek manuscript that's pretty incredible but I don't mm-hmm. think the common reader knows that you know or mm-hmm. gets to experience something like that which uh, which I wrote a question to you which I wanted to ask with that said. Is the Bible of any benefit to a non-Christian? You know, like Mm. there's so much to be gleaned from and received from. Even as we talked, for the Christian, as we talked about in the beginning, waking up, praying, doing that is, just by doing that, you're acknowledging God as Father, Master, um, the one who's going to speak to you supernaturally by revelation of his word. So... How about when we're sharing scriptures with the non-Christian? What's God up to there? Does does the person who's yet to to understand who Jesus is have any anything to gain from scripture? Why or why not? You know, and maybe that's just an interesting question. It is. It's an important question as well. Um, the Gideons um, are a group of believers who have seen the benefit of getting the word of God out to non-Christians. And so what have they done over the decades? They, they have, um, sought for permission to put a Bible in every hotel room and in other places as well. 
Now, it's a fact that many hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of people have have received Jesus as their Savior by reading the Bible and um, wanting to know more. So the Bible is extremely important, even for a non-Christian. Now, if a non-Christian is not open uh, to the Word of God, that I would say that's a sad thing if you're intellectually honest how would you not want to read a book that has been the best selling book throughout the history of the world year after year after year it it, it remains the best selling book in the history of the world and it covers every aspect of life every aspect it, it gives answers to every aspect and then you look at the people that love the word of god and how dramatically they're changed from drug addicts and alcoholics or whatever, and their lives are changed so much. Now, to answer your your last question, um, what happens when I'm sharing a verse of scripture with someone? I, I have witnessed to thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and I've always known this, that no matter how vigorously they argue against me, I don't believe in God, that Bible was written by men, and it's got a bunch of myths, and what a what a waste of time. And I just simply say, listen, I just want to share with you what uh, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, mm -hmm. etc. Now, I know that when I lay my head on my pillow at night, I'm not going to wonder if that's real or not. I already know it is. But when he lays his head on his pillow at night and those headphones, I'm not trying to give you a bad time, but those headphones he's been listening to are gone, are off. He's alone with his thoughts. Now the same Holy Spirit who inspired the word of God is the same Holy Spirit that's using that verse yeah. to awaken him, convict him, whatever. And I, I have actually had a situation where I witnessed to a guy um, at San Jose State University, who vigorously resisted me. I mean, he was yelling at me. And I shared that scripture with him. A year later, when I was out on campus preaching open air, he came up to me and he said, do you remember me? <laughs> and I, I said, no. And, he, and then he said, well, you said this to me right there. And he pointed to the spot. At that moment, I took a step back. Because I thought he was going to slug me. Yeah. And because I remember that conversation it was very intense. Yeah. And he said, I don't remember how long after that. He said, I got born again because you shared that verse Come with on. me. That's so beautiful. So and it's I think, amazing. I think that's important because I, I sometimes, and I speak for myself here, we can get left in these spots where the Bible becomes something so much less than it could be. You know, it, for instance, it can become very devotional, right? And so it's only for us. We don't share it. We don't tell anybody what we're reading. Not because we don't want to, just we're not even thinking that. Or maybe we only think of the Bible as something that we use to tell other people about and what they need to do and not do. And they, we miss out on all that God has for us as a person. And, you know, in a world where we're kind of oversaturated with, you know, can I make a confession to you, Pastor Brad? 
every once in a while, if I go on social media, I'm like irritated by how many like people just drop verses as quotes and then just leave it. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this. Like I, I need, I need something else, you know, and then I'll go back to my own Bible and the Holy Spirit will be like, listen, if you get mad at people for sharing scripture, then I have a problem with you, but that's Ooh, fine. Just, I just need less, yeah. less time on Facebook is probably what it is. But you know, I think it's important and encouraging to hear, like, no matter how small it may seem to us, and even it's John three sixteen, right? That's the one we know. That's the one we know. It's yeah. worth it. It's worth it because, and that's why I wanted you to speak to it, because the power isn't in us saying it. It's, those are the, that's the word of God. So he mm-hmm. will take it and do what he needs to do with it over how long. I love that that image too. When I go to bed, I do not lay my head down and go, I sure hope John 3:16 is true. You know, like it's you know, I know it because of my life, but not not everybody does, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. Okay, well lastly, maybe we could get to to something maybe not so much people outside the church, but we're in interesting days. And uh I know you know that and um and we've struggled through it together. I've called I've called Pastor Brad a couple times over this year, just like, ah, you know, am I crazy for thinking this? And mm. uh, I appreciate you saying that I'm not crazy. No. Um, but how about biblical literacy for those who love Jesus? You know, mm-hmm. when a part of the Next Explorers podcast is I'm asking men and women like you to look to the horizon, you know, and what do you sense by the Spirit's coming next? in your area of interest. And I know that a big area of interest for you is Bible reading, Bible teaching. So when you survey the church, you know, both global and national, which, I, uh, you know, both global meaning in Africa specifically and what you're doing there. And then in our own country, you know, what's your assessment of, do we know the word of God? And, and how do you feel about that? Where are we at? Wow. That's a big, a big topic, isn't it? Um, Well, let me just start with the last thing you said in Africa. You have um, the reason why I go there and teach and train is because you have the church in Africa is extremely illiterate biblically. Mm. And 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 I'm I'm just saying what they tell me and I see it firsthand. But so many preachers, actually, almost no one preaches verse by verse. And so what they do is they preach verses that they think are going to make them look good or that they end up preaching the prosperity gospel. And they, they really teach very little of the word of God. And consequently, the church, again, Africans will say this, the church is a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm-hmm. And so my mission is to try to change that. Um, in, you know, in the small sphere that I can. Mm-hmm. Now, in the United States, I, I, Christians are biblically illiterate. Let me say that bluntly um, and not apologize for it. You ask, ask Christians to explain the inerrancy of Scripture. Ask Christians to explain uh, the person of Jesus Christ. Fully God, fully man. How does that work? Ask Christians to explain the Holy Trinity and why that matters, you're going to get a deer in the headlight look. And that's a shame to our, our father in heaven and to the savior that gave his life for us. Mm. We, we, Paul made it clear, be diligent to 
to show yourself approved. And that word diligent means to be in a hurry, to exercise zeal. And, and we're not. We're, we're just lackadaisical in our approach to our faith. Now, how do we get out of that for someone that really wants more? Um, I think one of the best things that you can do is, well, there's two things. Number one, maybe you're in a church where the preaching is, is not good. And find someone that is an expositor. That is, that teaches verse by verse in context. I know you do that. Um, uh, your senior pastor does that. I cut my teeth on a church, Peninsula Bible Church, with Ray Stedman that did that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have, they certainly can go on my website, and I've got um, several years of expository teaching. First Thessalonians, Colossians, Acts, um, Amos. Um, and then I'll be doing Luke, but you know, find just Google expository preacher or, or find it on YouTube, find someone that you can trust. And, um, and then that will help you to understand the word of God better. Yeah. And then, then I, I've already mentioned this, use a commentary, mm-hmm. read, make a decision. I'm going to read through the book of Luke. And I'm going to invest. You can get this used on Amazon or thrift books for five bucks Mm -hmm. and invest. And when you read, read Luke one, one through 26, and then go to the commentary. Don't go to the commentary first. You, you depend upon the Holy spirit, then open this as a tool. And I guarantee you, you're going to get much more um, out of what you're studying. And, and you want to move out of that, zone that of the biblically illiterate to the literate. Why? It's all about giving God glory. Um, His word says, NLT, you've exalted above all else, your name and your word. Isaiah 66, two, but to this one, will I look to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Hmm. And that's, that's the kind of posture we should have before God. And, you know, I don't want to get to heaven and have to hang my head because I was biblically illiterate um, of my own choosing and was too busy for God. Yeah. I know that's strong, but it needs to be said. Absolutely. I I think it's, I think it goes with um, just your, you're wearing the jersey, you know, and we've been given like you. I mean, Ephesians one, Ephesians chapter one, two, and three, like you had mentioned earlier, all this work, all this work by the Father, mm-hmm. all this stuff, and 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 uh, I was talking about this from Ephesians four, and and in one of the commentaries I think I read, he was talking. He referred back to Jesus calling Lazarus out of the tomb, and and then the first thing he says is unbind him and let him go. And I think in that it's, you know, he was dead. Now he's alive and you got to take those grave clothes off, you know, and, and let him live. And when it comes to understanding and being in the word of God, I don't know if you can fully begin to unpack all the inheritance you have in Christ and the freedom you have without reading God's word. And I often talk with people who go, God's not speaking to me. I don't know what God wants me to do. And we get down to some of the nitty gritty of life, you know, and I've been there and it's, 
and I, but I'm also not praying, and I'm also not spending any time in God's Word. And there was a question that somebody asked me a long time ago. I don't know who it was. I forget, but it made a whole lot of sense to me is if you're asking for God to speak to you, and he was going and he was going to speak to you, do you know how he would do that? Because I think a lot of times we say, I don't know, I just can't hear from the Lord. When really, we also may not know how to hear from the Lord. And reading the Bible is, is an incredible way of, of hearing from God. And uh, the church needs to, and I believe, Pastor, I don't know how you feel in this season. It feels like that's becoming more, a little bit more on the surface, like people understanding, wow, I need to know what's going on this morning in or uh, no, not this morning, but I need to know what's going on in my life. And so I will get up in the morning and start to read my scripture. Even just some of the guys in my own life, you know, I can just sense um, because of the season, because of the pressure of the season, a real genuine, like, I got to, I got to open up the Bible. And so that's really important. I think if you're going to be strong about something, be strong, be strong about that. Well, I've asked you so many things. It's been so great. I feel like we probably should do a part two to this because as we've been talking, I've been thinking about some of the other things um, that we've spoken of in the past and um, something that came to my mind. We've had great conversations about progressive revelation, you know, through Old Testament, all the New Testament. I think I may need to just reserve some more Brad Avley time again for season two on this and maybe we'll just always end it with you. <laughs> I'm at uh, your service. I want to ask just a couple quick things just about you personally, quickly. Um, and before we go, I want to make sure you list off titles of your books and where to find them and how we can stay in touch with you. Um, but outside of God's word, you know, like what books and voices have really helped you grow biblically and, and in your reading, some authors, some, you know, guys who have passed. Can you name some names so we can maybe Google them and, and grow ourselves? Well, um, you know, the, the, the book that has changed my life the most outside of the Bible is a book called Spiritual Leadership. I probably shared that with you by J. Oswald Sanders. Yeah, I've read it. And, um, you know, someone might say, well, I'm not a leader. That book wouldn't apply to me. But every believer is a leader because we're influencers. And that book is profound. It yeah. is the only book in my life where I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, as I, as I was looking at a bookshelf or no, I, um, I guess it was at a conference. It was a book table. And I saw that book and it was almost as if he was standing there saying, get that book. That and I did. And it's, it's just absolutely amazing. But I think the other, it, it wouldn't be necessarily one particular book, but it's commentaries. It's sure. It's they are helping me to understand the word of God better. Um, anything by John Stott. I'm reading The Cross of Christ right now by John Stott, S-T-O-T-T. -T. Man, that man is a profound author. Hmm. Um, so I, I think I'm coming up maybe a little bit short, not remembering other, other writers that have uh that have influenced me. You're just talking about books. Is that right? Yeah. Or yeah. Anything. So, um, that's, that's all that comes to my mind at the moment. Yeah, that's cool. I, I mean, I want to, I, I first read spiritual leadership. I think I was 19, 20 years old and mm -hmm. I remember it being good, but I, then I went back to it. Maybe when I was 25 and my whole 
mind was, I was just like, whoa, you know, I don't remember reading this book. And that's a book I, as well as a few others that I've decided to keep on rotation. Yeah, there it is. See how close it is to me? Yeah, there you go. I didn't put that there because we're, we're on this thing, but look at, look at how, yeah. look at how the pages um, and they're written up. You can't read more than one chapter at a time, two, three pages. It's, it's like dense. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a failure as a leader. I can't live <laughs> up to this, yeah. but yeah. No, it's, that's good. Well, I know you're, you know, you're a thinker, you're a dreamer. Just the fact that you are doing all those things tells me that you're on the chase of what God's doing next, both for you and in the world. So what are some current things you're currently working on, embarking on, professional, personal? You can give us the inside scoop so we can hear about it before everybody else. You know, what are you, what, what are you exploring? Yeah. You know, um, so I just published um, three books recently, and the one that I'm just blessed by was my devotional, um, a heart after God devotional, knowing God in a deeper way through key Hebrew and Greek words. Yeah. Well, I, I'm blessed by the hunger for it. So I'm working on part two of that. But actually before that, I think I'm going to publish a book simply called The Father Heart of God. And there haven't been many books that have been published uh, under that title or approach recently. And um, I have been wanting to write that book since 1990, 90 or 92. And it find, the time is finally here where I can, all these years, learning about the Father Heart of God from the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, I'm really excited to bring that out for the people of God. And that's, I mean, the, I, that's the reason why I write these books is to help the people of God um, that's that's the number one reason yeah and so i'm quite sure that that will bless hopefully it'll bless a lot of people so those are close um i've got a new book coming out soon within the next few months on the parables of jesus how to understand the parables wow you've been working you've been working i didn't hear about that the last time we talked i know i I wanted just to those listening i highly recommend you going i mean he's saying pick up a commentary he has some commentaries. I would jump into the book of Thessalonians and buy Pastor Brad Abley's commentary. It's wonderful. Um, but I was going to say that a heart after God devotional is, is really wonderful. It's such a great tool for those of us who just want to spend a deeper time with the Lord. And maybe you're feeling like, wow, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could spend 30 minutes right now of where I'm at in my schedule. I mean, every chapter in the heart after God devotional is one to two pages, you know, maybe a little bit more. And it's just looking at, honestly, one statement of scripture, looking at the Greek and just spending a little bit of quality time there. And uh, it'll break you too if you're like one of those move on quickly type of person because two or three chapters in a row, Pastor, you're just sticking on it, that same phrase and you're moving on just a little bit. I appreciated that. It That goes against my, let's get let's read this. Maybe I'll do two today. Maybe I'll do three today, you know, and get through this book. I told yeah. you on the phone, I don't want to get through it. I, I, yeah. I don't want to get through it at all. And not until I felt like I digested the, what I really do. I understand what this word means because mm-hmm. the more I do, I'm understanding more who God is. And so will you just name your books real quick so we can hear them? I'm going to put them in the notes below for those of you who want to check them out. There'll be links, but will you just say them? 
Yeah, um, it's, um, well, I'll just hold it up. It's a Heart After God Bible study series. First Thessalonians, a church with a powerful legacy for today's Christians. So it's, it is, um, maybe to use a technology term on the back end, it is heavily researched. I think I've got three or four pages of bibliography and yeah, I don't awesome. know, 270 footnotes. But on the front end, what you're reading is very pastoral. So mm-hmm. I, I pray for you. I write prayers. Uh, I'll say, let's pray together. How do we apply this? And then, um, and then I think I alluded to this a little bit earlier. It's a small book, A Heart After God Devotional. And um, knowing God in a deeper way through key Hebrew and Greek words, and then my my commentary on Revelation is around here somewhere. It's Revelation, yeah, uh, Volume One, chapters one through seven. So I still have two more volumes to write, and um, yeah, yeah, no so, big deal, no big no deal big there. <laughs> the yeah. Revelation commentaries. That's uh, that may not be where I'm going to start if I ever write a commentary, but. <laughs> Uh, how can uh, listeners stay connected with you and follow your ministry? You mentioned a lot. I'll put them in the links below, but you know, where are you at? Yeah. um, I have my own YouTube page. So just go on YouTube and just type in Brad Abley. And so you've got, you've got a lot of different video teaching um, sermons, teaching that sort of thing. Uh, I've already mentioned, well, actually I don't think I mentioned my uh, personal website, uh, Pastor Brad Abley. So if you Google that, um, it's I think it's the Weebly website. But mm-hmm. on that website, you'll have all my audio teaching, and each audio uh, message is is thirty minutes. So it's it's geared for Africa. So I preach with a little more zest, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because you gotta when you're preaching in Africa, man, you gotta bring it. Yeah. And so you'll hear that, but. Still, it's verse by verse. And so if you go to, uh, I think it's pastorbradabley.weebly. Just Google Pastor Brad Abley. I'll put in the link. Put in the link. And then um, you've got a smorgasbord of of audio teaching that you can go to um, as well. So, Well, Pastor Brad, that is awesome. And I hope people do. I I, I will make sure all the resources, resources are available. So you can just click on them. It would mm-hmm. bless your life. And I think talking about being in God's word is just so important. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs encouragement in it. And especially because the reward is just so great, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you have been a real major voice. I know for a lot of people in this area, I'm sure um, when you get to heaven one day, they'll, it's, you're going to have a long line of people saying, oh, boy. You know that heart after God devotional really did something. It's true, and I, and I don't say that to, to make you feel um, prideful, but to really just to honor you uh, for what you do. And, I, and hopefully, I want to try to give you a gift right now um, before before we go. But uh, Psalm one says, "Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it both day and night." He's like a tree planted by uh, living water. I always add living. It doesn't say that. Streams of water. And he yields fruit in its season, and its leaves don't wither, and whatever he does prospers. Mm. The wicked are not so. Um, mm. They are like the chaff that the wind drives away, and they won't stand in the counsel of the righteous. So 
I, I've made that a part of my life, and that was because of you. And I hope others, too. Listen, you want a great starting place? Go be a Psalm 1 man or a Psalm 1 woman. Uh, because right there, it says, just meditate upon God's word both day and night. So I appreciate that gift, Pastor. And uh, it's been just such a pleasure to do this with you. I feel like, wow, I'm, this is, I'm giddy about it. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. And I hope people benefit in some way. Yeah. So God bless you. mostly it's just been great to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Well, thank you. And we'll be in touch soon. God bless you. See ya. Wow. Such a pleasure to be with Pastor Brad Abley and to finish off season one of Next Explorers. I can't wait to be with you again next season as I'm already lining up different interviews with men and women from around the world who I think are going to encourage us in a lot of different ways. If you want to stay connected with Pastor Brett Abley, I would encourage you to head over to Amazon. He's got products there for you to buy, a Heart After God devotional, that's there, uh, a Heart After God Bible study series with 1 Thessalonians, uh, a commentary part one on the book of Revelation. Uh, you should really go get those and check those out and go deeper. Uh, you can go to pastorbradabley.weebly.com. He's got a YouTube channel. He's on facebook.com, uh, brad.abley. Uh, or Pastor Brad Abley. And if you want to email him, it's brad.abley at gmail.com. I want to say thank you so much to all of you for listening this season. I can't wait to be back. Uh, thanks to Andrew Arcadi for this awesome music. Listening. I'd love to stay connected with you, so head over to jordanavian.com, subscribe to my email. I send out emails every week. New podcasts coming soon. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to Next Explorers. I'll see you soon. <laughs>